Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Rodney Goldie, podcast featuring me, Chandler Alsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, I, uh, I, I was watching the Washington and Michigan State game as we were getting ready for this uh, this afternoon. And um, I got to say, Robert Griffin III, I don't know if you were catching any of the things he was saying last night through Twitter or anywhere else. No, no. How was it? Well, in, in general, I think he's very good. I've said before in this space that I really like the way he calls a game. It's he, he does this very rare thing where he's he has fun and is energetic, but isn't annoying. He's actually like funny and engaging and everything. But he's also like a good analyst. Like that's that's exceedingly hard to find. Yeah. But uh, similar to to Daryl Ray, who called who's called. Dallas Stars games for over two decades. It appears he's very fond of innuendo. Oh. So, uh, and sometimes it's not even innuendo. Um, we you know, uh, have. well, uh, last week, uh, or three weeks ago, whatever it was, Michigan was playing someone in week one, maybe Hawaii, and Michigan's third string quarterback was named Alex, surname spelled O R J I. Oh, and it's actually pronounced orgy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and he stores and oh no. And, and our our buddy RG three says in the booth, "Look here, everyone, we got an orgy in the end zone." <laughs> oh no, I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, and so last night he, he, you know, he has some fun with Michael Penix's name. There's a. Um, a false start on the center. It's an illegal snap. Like it, he moves the ball like two inches before actually snapping it. And, um, and when they're watching the replay, RG3 says, you know, what we call that premature snapulation. Oh, no, that's weird. It's a bit weird. Uh, but hey, he's having fun with, with the game, which is something. And, you know, my I like Razor Ray on stars games and he's been getting away with that for many years there's the time he called a jamie ben to jordy ben assist or vice versa as double penetration wow on, on live television wow so it's dirty but hey he's getting away with something and it's vaguely fun and he's also good at his job in other ways it's not just dirty jokes got it interesting Interesting. I'll have to watch for that next time he calls a gopher game. I don't know when that'll be, but. Well, um, I don't know when that'll be either, uh, but we can uh, we can just go around the, the stores from this last week real quick. And then we're recording this pretty early, so I don't know. We could probably go into the gopher game. I, I'm more equipped, I think, right now to talk about Michigan State. But first, we can just run through the games in the Big Ten. Indiana beat Western Kentucky 33-30 in overtime. Michigan beat Utah 59-0. Oklahoma uh, allowed the first store in Lincoln and then scored many. Yeah, uh, 49-14 final score there. Southern Illinois beat Northwestern 31-24, confirming Northwestern is bad. Yes. So it's not a, this is not this is not a Southern Illinois team of, of of glory years gone by either it seems so. No, it seems okay, but not anything more than that. Um, Rutgers beat Temple 16-14. Uh, 
Purdue went on the road to Syracuse and had some weird stuff happen and lost 32-29. Um, Penn State won very handily 41-12 at Auburn. New Mexico State scored against Wisconsin. Good for them. Also allowed 66 points. Ohio State beat Toledo 77-21. Iowa scored 27 points, but it was Nevada. Uh, Maryland beat SMU 34-27, and uh, the Gophers' next opponent, Michigan State, lost 39-28 against Washington. We will get deep into that later, but I know you were busy yesterday. Did you get a chance to watch any football from other I places in the world? Watched uh, watched the Gopher game, um, or enough of it, and then you know I tried watching some other games. It just it just wasn't a very good day. You know, last week we talked about the kind of the the mystique of even a bad week of college or a, a week that how like a week that looks bad on paper can like end up being really really good and because we had had just had a week that fit that profile this week looked really bad on paper and mostly mostly kind of didn't outside of a few moments in a couple games really wasn't great you know, I was really hoping that Penn State Auburn was better, both for the sake of Penn State being not good and uh, or the hope of Penn State not being good. And just because it was a kind of a primetime premier game. But alas, it wasn't. Uh, so, yeah, most of what I was flipping before, between in the late afternoon was just kind of noise. <laughs> just 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 football noise. Yeah, it, it felt a bit, you know, just running through some of these like it, it feels like this week was out to either kill or scare a lot of the teams that we're kind of hoping we're going to have good years. I don't know how much we were rooting for BYU, but we thought, you know, this might be a, you know, if it was things still right, if they win at Oregon, if they win a few other games, beat Notre Dame, like they have a real chance of the playoff and they got blown out at Oregon. Yeah. UCLA only beat South Alabama by one, which stood for South Alabama, you know, building something there with Kane Womack, but, that's not terribly interesting. Kansas State lost to Tulane after looking like they'd be a really fun team. UTSA couldn't beat Texas. Fresno State couldn't put up a fight against USC. Old Dominion lost at Virginia. Air Force lost to Wyoming. I understand Air Force is missing some players, but uh, even so, that kind of sucks. App State did have a really great ending against Troy, but it looked like they were on the ropes for a really long while there. And other than that, like, I'm, I'm not – oh, Marshall lost to Bowling Green. That really yeah, that sucks. Well. And, uh, you know, I'm not in the business of rooting for Kansas because I hate their basketball team so much. I don't think they should be ranked, which is partly me being a hater, but also, like, I don't think they've played anyone yet. Is Kansas ranked? No, they're not ranked. But a lot of people were clamoring in a half-meaning way that they should be ranked. Yeah, no, they haven't. They ha they haven't. If we're if if Kansas is ranked, we should be <laughs> we should be top twenty. You know, and maybe like they, maybe after next week we should be, but not not at this point. Like they should be over the moon that they're three and zero. Like that is the like if they go winless the rest of the way, I think that probably equal equals their previous high end wins since uh, like twenty. 2009 or something okay i get it uh it's fun but i'm gonna wait before declaring them anything more than not the worst team in the p5 yeah well 
I think I can I think I can come up with a few contenders or one one specifically. So yeah, I would be hard pressed to come up with one worse than the one that was played in Minneapolis yesterday. Uh, Colorado lost seven to forty nine in Minnesota. Good win for the Gophers. They did exactly what you wanted them to do here. They went up against a bad defense that can't tackle and ran all over them to their uh, to the tune of their highest rushing total of the year, 345 yards on 50 carries. Success rate approaching two-thirds, which they did against New Mexico State, threw the ball well, and a couple drops that were uh, unfortunate, and then obviously one big injury that we'll probably spend a significant amount of time on. And then their defense was not perfect, but uh, didn't need to be. And in general, well, in, the first, very in, the, in the first in the first half, we almost had more points in the outside. If, if they wouldn't have had the garbage carry at the end of the half, we would have outscored their total yards. So, probably. yeah, you're yeah. like when I when I say uh, not perfect, that's, uh, you know, that's a high bar. I, I, I think I could come up with um, things that they could improve upon, whether that's uh overrunning the pocket or I I tweeted I'm 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 not concerned about uh how well they held the edge at points but I am interested to see if that is something to be concerned about we'll say did very well between the tackles rallied to the ball but it seemed like Colorado whenever they were getting stuff done it was on the outside uh which is just you know Against better teams, worth worth keeping yeah. in mind. Yeah. But in general, they did very well. And uh, they got a lot of pressure on Brendan Lewis and JT Shroud. They got three sacks. Um, and it's really hard to find many quibbles with close to any part of this, really. Um, just a, a thoroughly dominant performance. Muhammad Ibrahim was as good as maybe I've ever seen him. Yeah, when he when he I sent you that text that give Mo a raise after that after what was it the third and twenty one, <laughs> just a draw on third and twenty one that he takes like thirty yards down twenty five or thirty yards downfield or whatever and there were I mean and the run, I mean to me the one where he pushed the guys and they ran four guys into the end zone I mean that was that was nuts I don't know he he he's just he was just completely dominant like you're saying that that this is what we were really hoping to get out of Ibrahim when he came back. We were wondering the whole offseason, you know, like, okay, he's going to come back. He's like, this is a pretty serious injury. Uh, and we've seen guys more capable of coming back from them in recent years than, you know, in the past. But uh, usually when, when you suffer a knee injury like that, it's it's a problem. But it seems like uh, he's he's had no real issues coming back into things. And obviously, you know, the whole qualifier to the, these first three games is the quality of opposition is just not there. But on the other hand, I can only watch him plow over so many guys, bounce off so many tackles and pick up so many extra yards that most running backs cannot pick up and think this guy is exactly what he was before the injury. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think I, he's answered any questions that anybody could have had and that, you know, and then some uh, about, about his physical, abilities post-injury I'd say I mean that's 
again, we haven't played anybody, so you know, will the team be will the team be as good as we hope they can be? The jury's still out, but I have no doubt that Mo will at least. I feel like if if we don't if we don't play well the rest of the year, it probably isn't because Mo was injured. Yeah, I I, uh, I feel like that can be put to bed. There is the question over Chris Ottman Bell though. Yeah. And the second quarter, the Gophers were trying to get one last store, which was not a bad decision to be clear. I'm sure someone out, out there is like, uh, why don't we just take a knee or whatever? But like, you've got a you've got a minute left. Go for the the last store. Go up 35 nothing, one and a half. That's a good thing to do. And I would say the ball was slightly behind him, and he reaches back, and as he's striding, something doesn't go right, and he goes to the ground. He's taken to the locker room. Uh, according to PJ Fleck, yesterday he was taken to the hospital, um, but we don't know, uh, you know, severity. Fleck didn't have any answers. It was just like taking images. Uh, I assume we will hear something, if not today, it's a little past three o'clock right now, and Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press hasn't tweeted anything. He's usually pretty up to speed on these things. Um, then in PJ's Monday press conference, we'll probably get an update, probably right off the top. And uh, I think even I have no idea what the term is, obviously, no one listening does, unless it's uh, already come out by now. but we're at least figuring uh, the best case scenario is missing at least a couple of games. I, I, I don't know how to, how to ballpark this because I don't know anything other than it looks real bad. And I would be shocked if he can be available any sooner than after the bye week. And that would yeah. be a real stretch. Yeah. I'm just hoping I am honestly, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's so unfortunate because it is such a fluke play right I mean like you said the ball was behind him but it, it was a not it's one of those weird non-contact injuries where he just he just steps wrong or lands wrong and and you know there's nothing nothing anybody really could have done about it but you know it's it's I'm just I'm just hoping he can play again I mean play again I mean that's that's my real hope I I, I don't know it's hard just especially you know given what happened to Mo last year you know and so many of these injuries that we we just see my expectation, my un, un, again, to be clear, unmedically ground expectation, my, my completely from a fan's perspective, it, per, per, you know, perception of it is it, it I just I, I'm very concerned that he'll just be out for the year and that'll be and that we've seen the last of Chris Ottman Bell as a gopher, which would be really disappointing because he's been a great uh, he's been good this year, but he's just had such a great career, you know, seems like a good dude. I don't want to say like gopher legend, but uh I think I think history will be very fond to Chris Ottman Bell and just the years and the teams he's been a part of and the ways he can ways he's contributed to those teams. Yeah, I mean, in in his sixth year to trying to make a push for the NFL, like yeah, that would be a real killer, honestly. So hoping for the best and hoping uh, it's bad enough to take him out of that game, but not bad enough to end his season. Yeah. So I don't know what else we can cover about this game. Um, I will have my blog post up midweek as usual. That will include some discussion of Michigan State, the next team on the schedule, who is two and one now after losing at Washington previously. They 
kind of toyed around with Western Michigan for about three quarters, then pulled away 135-13, then won 52 nothing against Akron. Uh, watching the highlights of that game reminded me, Cam Wiley is their number one tailback, Zips. Really? How, how's he doing? And not well, well, not well cool. enough against Michigan State, at least. Or against Tennessee. Uh, yeah. But I, I can't say I, I didn't look up his stats. It's it's early. But to Michigan State, they obviously had a really big year last year, 11-2. and two. Only losses were at Purdue and then at Ohio State, won the Peach Bowl over Pitt. And we're kind of still figuring out how good they are right now. We can think we learned a lot from the Washington game, mainly confirming prior doubts we had about certain parts of their team. But we don't really know. This is still going to be a serious learning experience on both sides on this uh, this, this coming Saturday. Um, what we can say right now, the secondary is still an issue. Yes, for that 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 was confirmed. <laughs> They've got some health problems right now, which we'll get to. Uh, and I think they still have some really good steel players on, on offense. So we can start on offense. They've got probably the best quarterback you're going to see all year in Peyton Thorne. I think that's pretty easy to say. I'm mildly skeptical on Aiden O'Connell because I don't think he ever has to do a whole lot in the way of throwing downfield a whole lot. But Peyton Thorne um, was asked to throw deep a good bit last year, and it worked pretty well. Um, obviously, he no longer has Jalen Naylor, but he's still done a, pre- done a pretty good job. So far this year, the offense has been a lot of short stuff, a lot of deep stuff, not a whole lot in between, but I imagine that'll probably even out a bit with time. Um, Thorne started the year not terribly impressively, some bad overthrows, going over guys' heads, a couple bad decisions, throwing back across the field going left as a right-handed quarterback. Um, but I thought he was fairly sharp against Washington. Looked like he improvised fairly well. Still had some misses, but did well when under pressure, scrambling for extra yards. He can move pretty well if you haven't watched a lot of Peyton Thorne. Um, last year at 30, 332 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Um, if you subtract the 21 times he was sacked. Um, And so far, his numbers are pretty respectable. 8.2 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, four interceptions, four sacks. Obviously, some things can be cleaned up, but he's still, I would say, very solid college quarterback with some very solid players around him. Yeah. I'm going to start with the running backs. Familiar faces. Yeah, they are familiar faces. Uh, I I really like these two running backs. Jalen Berger, Wisconsin transfer. Both these guys are really physical. Him and Jared Broussard from Colorado. They've got they've both got really good balance. Uh, it seems like Broussard. It's really hard to bring him down, though he did bump into the back of his own lineman against Washington for a safety. I looked at Berger and I see a guy. I I don't know if you know he he'll break some tackles, but I don't think he's like an outright tank like Ibrahim, but it feels like he's he goes down real hard where he's picking up a couple extra yards every time as he's being tackled. And they're they've they both got some good vision. They can find a seam. I think Berger has some explosiveness to him, even if he's not like Braylon Allen or anything. Obviously he's not Braylon Allen. 
who has his job now at UW. Um, but he's done a pretty good job since getting to Michigan State. These are two very physical runners that will cause some problems. And then at receiver, question on whether we'll see Jaden Reed. Very, very good receiver. In addition to being a, a really good returner as well, was a an All-American, all-purpose player last year. And he is very good at returning to deep threat. But uh, against Akron, he went into the sideline and kind of crashed into one of the benches and picked up a cut on his back. So he didn't make the trip to Washington. So they're going to rely more on Keon Coleman, who looked very good in Washington. 15 catches on the year, 236 yards, three touchdowns. Moves pretty well, even though he's 6'4". He's not just a tall guy they chuck it up to. Um, he can do a whole lot. I, I think he's a very talented receiver, just a true sophomore. To be complimented by Trey Mosley in the slot. And then I would say a pretty solid group of tight ends. You may recognize Daniel Barker from Illinois who uh, was a pretty good player for the Illini and it looks like they're very willing to get him the ball in some creative ways as a Spartan. They've handed it off to him a couple of times, which is interesting, but uh, they, they liked his athleticism. They're going to give him the ball in space. And then Tyler Hunt is kind of a, an H back type. Hasn't really caught a whole lot of passes, but has been their starter. Um, former punter, by the way, Tyler Hunt. Interesting. Um, but those two and Malik Carr, Purdue transfer, hasn't done a whole lot this year, um, but he's he's got real potential. Those guys will will be something to watch out for. As far as the offensive line, it's been okay, I guess, this year. Last year wasn't exceptional. It's very experienced right now. They've got uh, their, their right tackle has only started four games, but everyone else has started at least a, a full season's worth of games, going all the way up to Jarrett Horst at left tackle with 31 career starts, many of which were at Arkansas State. But I, it seemed like they had some problems running the ball against Washington and took too long to move away from that. It seemed like they got overwhelmed by the blitz from time to time. And, you know, when they weren't getting blitzed, I thought they dealt with – you know, the pass rush okay, but just, you know, it felt like Thorne was getting a little overwhelmed when they brought a few extra guys. The run game slowed down a little bit in the back end against Western Michigan, but they pretty much plowed through Akron. So um, in general, I think you got to swarm to the running back here. Make sure you outnumber him. Keep an eye on Thorne when he's got the ball in his hands because he can run. And then, uh, in general, this is just the first actual test you've seen all year as a pass defense. Is there is there anything in the first three games that's really stuck out to you as like uh, I don't know a a problem from any of those those first three passing attacks? No, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, it's 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 it's. I, I'm sure if I was really you know, really dial and I could find something to something to complain about. But, you know, you haven't faced anything thus far. And so, yeah, it's, it's just it's just it's just it's just going to be a test. It's just going to be a test. Meanwhile, on defense, you're going to go up against a, a secondary that had a lot of problems last year. I don't you know, I don't put a lot of stock into per game stats, but it is obviously notable that they were last in the country in pass yards per game last it's a very year. quotable stat. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's very quotable. Nice and, uh, 
the reasons that you're, you're able to do that as a big 10 team, as opposed to like a big 12 or, um, you know, even like an SEC West team or something, don't want to be up against Bama and Mississippi state and these teams that can really throw it. Those reasons are still there. You're still playing some really, really soft coverage, even in like, third or fourth in like five situations i don't think they really care about the line to gain um there's an instance where they just ran a little delayed uh running back route right through the middle washington did on a fourth and five and there was no one for miles not not anyone over the middle making sure things were covered and i i was also not impressed with how the cornerbacks did in one-on-ones Seemed like there was a lot of problems with the shifts, the motions, the, the crossing routes that um, that Washington was throwing them, and they got burned a, a whole lot. A lot of big plays, a lot of chunk completions along the way. Uh, last year, they were 104th in success rate allowed against the pass, and that that's still what this defense is. At corner, they've got a Georgia grad transfer and Amir Speed, who was kind of a bit player last year for the Bulldogs, has not done a whole lot so far this year. Same with true sophomore Charles Brantley. They're down a safety in Xavier Henderson. Didn't play against Akron or Washington after being injured against Western Michigan. As best I can tell, he won't be back for this Saturday against the Gophers. Again, we are recording on Sunday, so maybe Mel Tucker says things are better than they expected. So at boundary safety, they've they've had Kendall Brooks, who has actually done fairly well. He really likes to hit people very hard, um, and he's forced three fumbles already, and all of those fumbles have been the result of him hitting someone really hard. That kind of makes him a candidate to be ejected, but he hasn't yet. Seems like he knows what he's doing. Angelo Gross, the other safety, has not been very impactful, and then uh, especially against Washington, after moving from the outside to nickel, Chester Kimbrough has not been terribly impressive either. He had some real problems defending the flat on the sort of out routes that the Huskies are running. And then at linebacker, they're also missing uh, Darius Snow, uh, who's out for the year after picking up a leg injury against Western Michigan. And I don't think Ben Van Simmeren or Cal Halliday are great coverage linebackers. Neither is their third linebacker, Aaron Brule, Mississippi State grad transfer, uh, who they're using, it seems like, mostly on pass rush situations and uh, and more in a, in a situation where they need to bring out a third linebacker, um, which could mean you see a lot more of him because of how the Gophers run. Though, if, you, if they come out in a 4-3, uh, against 11 personnel. Obviously, that'll open some things up for you. And then uh, on the defensive line, they're down potentially a couple guys. Jacob Slade already missed last week against Washington after an injury against Akron. And then uh, in the first quarter on Saturday, one of their starting defensive ends, Jeff Petrowski, uh, walked off the field and did not return. So they're down some bodies, which should make it easier for you to run the ball. Uh, They did shut down the run pretty well last week, but I do want to highlight one guy has nothing to do with the run defense. And that is uh, their pass rusher, Jacoby Windman, who uh, did not record even one pressure against Washington, which 
should, you know, be a reason for some slight optimism. But his first two games against Akron and against Western Michigan, he looked deadly. He's a real bendy, speedy pass rusher. That shoulder dip he is throwing against certain guys is really deadly. Uh, five and a half sacks over those first two games, four first forced fumbles, pass breakup. Jeez. He's got as many Havoc plays, 11 and a half, as Mariona Sori Marin has tackles. Um, and that's wow. the Gophers' leading tackler. So I, I don't know how good he is against run defense. I think he's quick enough to blow something up, but he's, he's 6'2", 250, so, you know, not huge or anything. Um, but as a speed rusher, he's real. He's the, he's the main danger here, especially if you need to throw the ball a lot this game to really pick on what they're, what they've got in the secondary. Then you got to make sure that that windman is under control. So Ursary and Carroll and tackle have got to be really, really on, on top of things this week. They also need a bit of help. Any chip that your, your tight end or your running back can give, that'll be a plus. I would not count on being able to muscle them, though I'm sure the Dofers will try. <laughs> Should probably spread them out in short yardage. There was a, a really big goal line stand that Michigan State had in the first quarter on Saturday, uh, where the, for the most part, UW was, was pretty tight. Um, they might just be a little too strong defensively for you to be able to to take to that approach, where if you bring out like Captain and Lewis and you do your uh, your eye formation things, and I don't know that that'll quite pan out for you. I think you've got to spread them out in short yardage and be creative. You know, take advantage of the fact they seem to be confused when, when facing shifts in motion. Um, attack the flats. Out routes and curls are probably the name of the game here. And uh, if you uh, if you get a one-on-one, then don't be afraid to, to go deep on them. I, they're going to give you a lot of space, but if you're able to get an isolation on the outside between Dalen Wright or Daniel Jackson, who was back this week, by the way, just good to see. If you're able to get one of those isolations on the outside, then you, you showed a willingness to to trust your guy in, in a fade on a fade or a, on a corner out this past week, and I think you'd probably do that again this week. So. The, the last thing is just hold on to the ball because they have forced a lot of fumbles. But I do think this is a beatable team. Yeah, yeah, it's a winnable game. It's a flaw. It's a good team, but a flawed team. I think the key is just that pass. Literally get what you can get out of the running game, which should be not nothing, but contain contain the offensive attack and, you know, pass the ball well enough against that weak secondary to exploit that you know i mean i think that's just the that's that that's just the key it's just it's just it's just it's just how well can you exploit that particular that particular weakness and altman bell being gone weakens your case but uh certainly by no means eliminates it yeah and the the hope is that you know that it seems like they've been trying to work in some guys while starters are in the last couple weeks, not in actually like semi-game neutral situations, but like Clay Deary got the last touchdown from Tanner Morgan yesterday. The hope is that those reps will actually mean something when you need to rely on them in a game and they should be able to spread the ball around a bit more. But I do think between Brown Stevens, 
Jackson, Wright, and Span Ford. You do have four guys you can rely on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the talent is certainly there. The question is just philosophically: Do you are you are you aggressive enough? Can you scheme it right? Can you use that kind of talent and exploit those weaknesses? And I, I think, like I said, the talent is the talent is definitely there. You have guys you've been using. I don't feel like it can't happen. I've just kind of got to see it to fully believe it and invest in it. Yeah, and uh, the the hope is that as you get into Big Ten play, you're not going to just try punching the other guy in the the face over and over again because I I think the level of competition you're going to face is a little higher. Yeah, than Colorado. Will require a bit more creativity, but... This Saturday, 2.30, kickoff on BTN. Don't know the commentators yet. Weather forecast kind of is what it is, but should be low 60s, fairly cloudy. Um, winds around 10 miles per hour, at least the way it looks from right now. Vegas opens with a three-point spread in favor of Michigan State, over under 44.5. FPI favors Michigan State, nearly 61% chance of winning for them, though that is down from about 75% in the preseason. Massey actually slightly favors the Jophers at 52% chance of winning, 24-22 projected store there. Don't have any other projections right now because it's early in the week. But uh, what do you think is the projected store here? I'm saying 28-24 Gophers. I think it's going to be I, – I, I'm not – I'm only like 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 53% confident in that. I do feel like it's a, it has the potential at least to be a true sort of 50-50 game. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the optimism. I am choosing to believe that what we've seen thus far is not just a schedule aided mirage, but rather reflective of the fact that we're a pretty good team. Uh, and again, just hoping that we again can exploit the, 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 those, those weaknesses and the, you know, strategize around, uh, around our strengths and their weaknesses and hope that those can align. Yeah, I, I in general think uh, the first three games show this is just a good team. I'm also just I'm wary. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say right now I would probably lean towards Michigan State winning if for no other reason than it is a road game, and I don't think we should just abandon all priors or anything. Not that that's what you're doing. So I'll say for now 31-24, but it is I would be very unsurprised if it is a one possession game basically the entire way and i'd be very unsurprised if the Jophers win and who knows maybe i i don't even necessarily think it's uh out of the realm of possibility that either team blows the other one out um because we are still figuring things out yeah 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 it'll be it'll be a learning experience we've that's what we've said about this game from from <laughs> from for months like July. You know, from literally and the whole thing about this game is this is where we're going to learn more about these two teams and that seems to hold that seems like it'll hold true this week other uh big 10 games this week illinois host ut chattanooga thursday at 7 30 on btn Maryland plays Michigan, 11 o'clock on Fox. Central Michigan plays Penn State, 11 o'clock on BTN. Um, I don't know if this has been finalized since I uh, put my notes together last night, but Indiana and Cincinnati will be either 2.30 or 3 o'clock on ESPN2 or ESPNU. Iowa plays Rutgers, 6 o'clock on FS1. 
Northwestern hosts Miami of Ohio, 6.30 on BTN. Ohio State hosts Wisconsin, 6.30 on ABC, which we'll get back to after I tell you that FAU is going to Purdue, 6.30 on BTN. Um, I feel like the Gophers have easily the best Big Ten game this week, which is a bit frustrating why it had to be the 2.30 BTN game. But that Wisconsin game, kind of have to watch it, right? Yeah, yeah, that'll be big. I will not be because I will be in Nashville. <laughs> um, so I probably won't be watching that game. But if you are not in Nashville, I strongly recommend uh, recommend watching. Yeah, the, 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 the question here is, um, you know, I, I, did, I haven't watched the Washington State game too closely, but Wisconsin um, had some real problems with explosive passes last year. And... Uh, well, you know, Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, is, is is Smith and Jigba back yet? Uh, I don't know that it matters. It probably doesn't. The point is they've got the dudes. Ohio State has a lot of guys who can beat you over the top. And uh, this would be a, a major test of Wisconsin secondary. And if Wisconsin makes a real game of it, then um, my whole uh, I need to see the body before I believe the Badger is dead policy will be a uh, Sterily validated. Yes. Uh, is there any game from elsewhere in the country that you think is worth paying attention to? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a couple. Um, one late game that I find kind of like more interesting than I think some casual observers might is uh, Oregon State versus USC. Um, I think there's a pretty strong chance I'll end up watching it just because it's the really late game. Are, are a pretty late game. I think you Oregon's, won't be able to watch it just so you know. Oh, is it on? It's Pac-12 it? network. They, uh, they stuck an actually good game on Pac-12 network. Well, maybe my Airbnb will have it. But that is that is. I think that has potential to be a more interesting game than it would, given how USC has kind of rolled a little bit and how well Caleb Williams has been playing. Um, Arkansas did not look good in the Petrino Bowl this week, uh, but A&M did look good against Miami. So. That could be a pretty good mid-level SEC game. Uh, as far as ranked games in the SEC, I know Florida's at Tennessee. I lean very heavily towards Tennessee on that just because they have a quarterback. It seems Florida might not. But yeah, it's it's a it's a better it's a mostly better week this week. I don't think it's I wouldn't give it an A, but it's like a B B minus sort of week. Um, there's enough games kind of around in, in different slots that I think. You know, and uh, I, I I also do think uh, Duke at Kansas, you know, they, what a story. Just those teams being only, maybe only moderately bad. Yeah, I, if this was in uh, December, I would aggressively not watch that game uh, or the, the matchup of those two. And I'm attempting to say I don't like either of their basketball teams. So out of spite, I wouldn't watch it unless it's the tournament. Syracuse might be okay. They're yeah. hosting Virginia, who might be okay. <laughs> Looking forward to West Virginia playing Virginia Tech again, and on a Thursday night, which is, yeah. uh, you know, Virginia Tech loves their Thursday night games. I think there are some good undercard games this week. James Madison going to App State, 2.30 on ESPN+. Plus. South Dakota State at Missouri State, 2 o'clock on ESPN3. Montana State, Eastern Washington, 3 yeah. o'clock. And, uh, you know, like I said, a little disappointed that Marshall lost, but uh, Troy gave App a fight, and, uh, you know, that could be an interesting game that for some reason is on NFL Network. 
Huh. Weird. And uh, I guess the last one I want to highlight, uh, or last two, one obviously is a tech partisan. They're playing Texas this week and won't be watching because the Gophers are on, but wish all the best to the Red Raiders who lost at NC State this past weekend. And then at 11 o'clock, TCU plays SMU. Nice iron yeah. skill game there. That's uh, a, a good game. SMU looks fairly tough, so should be a good game. Uh, anything else need mentioning here? No, no, no. Um, just uh, look at, looking forward to it. It's going to be a big week. Will be a big week, and uh, we'll have another big week right after that. Homecoming against Purdue. And uh, until then, you know, this will go up a little earlier than it normally does, but hope this finds you well and uh, hope everyone takes care of themselves and has a, a good week. Yeah. See ya.